everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Shine Sparkers podcast. My name is Amanda Van Heil. I'll be your host for today. Who else do I have joining me? Hey there, my name's Darren, and I'm the creative director of Shine Sparkers. Hi, I'm Roy, and I'm the deputy creative director of Shine Sparkers. We also have a very special guest joining us today, Elias Thompson. You may know him as Metroid Master 1914. He is the founder of Metroid Headquarters. He also does the MHQ-thon. You can also find him at Zelda Universe. He's a Twitch streamer and just an overall internet meme at this point. Uh, yes, uh, the internet meme that is me. Yes, it's. Uh, I'm happy to be here, and I uh, can't believe that people still call me Metroid Master 1914 after over a well, decade of dropping that, that name. Until today. Yeah, no, Darren is one of the few <laughs> people that still exist in the world that would still know me and call me by said old username. You didn't pay me enough for my silence, Elias. That's the thing. I didn't pay you at all, Darren. That's why I, I didn't call you Metro Master 1914. So, Elias, you started off running Metroid Headquarters. Can you tell me a little bit about how that started and what made you decide to start your own Metroid community? I was a uh, I was so young and so naive. Um No, it's uh <laughs> I was I was a uh, I was a wee I was a wee teenager um that had just played through Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion shortly after those came out and I was very excited because they were very good games and I wanted to know more about Metroid and also my family uh, had just gotten a DSL internet connection upgraded from dial-up, so the internet was available to me. So I uh, perused a few of the Nintendo and Metroid forums, Nintendo Insider forums, shout-out, Samus.uk, shout-out. And uh, eventually, I just got the great idea. I was just like, hey, I should start my own <laughs> Metroid community. So signed up on some free forums, advertised in places I wasn't really allowed to, and... Uh, yeah, eventually a small but sort of dedicated community grew in these forums that I created, and uh, I was sort of able somehow to keep up with it over the years. Eventually, we got uh, we built a website that housed like you know news and some game content and everything, and uh, yeah, we we just sort of uh, it it just sort of uh, the community decided to keep it alive, and so I sort of stuck with it for a while. How long was you running the site for in total? I let's see that that free form started in two thousand four, and then I was actively running that site. Oh goodness, oh goodness. Uh, let's see here until actually I think maybe twenty thirteen twenty fourteen. So about I would say around ten years of my life <laughs> did that. Wow. So that's that's crazy because to me it's like we've got our 10th anniversary this year of the website and to me it's like i've i can't even consider stopping at the moment there's just I was so about to say it's a perfect opportunity for you to retire yeah. right there <laughs> 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 i put in my 10 years i'm done nah, well we kind of had a mid-retirement halfway through where we just didn't do stuff for a couple of years so i've kind of got a few more years i know the feeling least. yeah yeah i know um, the feeling <laughs> um but you've obviously built up a, a great little 
community and you had a lot of you got quite a following on uh, on twitter and other social media um, but one of the biggest successes of the website has to be the metroid hq marathon or the mhq fon um, tell me a little bit about how you managed to get that off the ground and some of its biggest successes sure um that started around the i guess i can't even call it the beginning of this decade anymore it was 2010 um when uh, uh it was actually who 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 works for shine sparkers now torbjorn he started getting involved with us and he actually pitched this idea of maybe we could do like a charity metroid marathon and it was kind of around the time when i was you know a young adult at that point and i could use the excuse to sort of try and meet up with all these internet friends I've had building this community over the years. And so we tried to sort of plan out this first one, which I think there's maybe one clip on YouTube that still exists from the first one that somebody recorded and uploaded. Um, it was not great quality, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we, we were all able to meet up at my, my tiny little apartment in Texas and uh and we just put on a, I, I believe it was at that point still a 100-hour uh, Metroid marathon where I believe the first one was we played every single Metroid game in re- in timeline order on the hardest difficulty possible. I think hardest and 100%, right? So we just sort of went all in there. <laughs> and, of course, that was before... Uh, actually, I think Otherm had just come out. So it was before Federation Force. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, there... There was enough Metroid games to do that within 100 hours. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we all met up. We had a great time. We were able to raise a, a decent chunk of, of change uh, there uh, in the first marathon. And uh, we all had fun. The people watching seemed to have fun. And so we just decided to keep doing it uh, every year, every summer, around the time of our and Metroid's anniversary. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's still going on up here until 2020. Um we're kind of looking at how it might have to happen this year, depending on some circumstances, but uh, we're still planning on uh, it being a thing. And uh, yeah, we've raised thousands of dollars over, over the past decade with this marathon, uh, all for child's play Mm -hmm. charity. And um, we've also been able to showcase Metroid to, to lots of people all along the way. So it's, it's been a nice time. Definitely. I was going to say, you know, don't under, sell it because you said about you know a bit of change you've you have raised a significant amount of money for the charity over many years and um i've done my best to try and help during those sort of down times where you've had to sleep and you know we've we've come on with um uh prime two echoes i think and the original metroid 2 and we've played through those and i've co-commentated and tried to keep people um you know sort of chatty and stuff in in the chat rooms and it, it's great it's it's a great little community well don't forget about the year darren that you you played a game with us in the in the in the ways of uh, federation we, force we have to mention that, yeah. of course of course <laughs> it was your starring hour in that oh, marathon no. how could we not <sighs> Well, yeah, so Metroid, uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force, we, we managed to get online and play together. Um, I think it was Infinity's End from Metroid Database. It was a good little community collaboration there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was just quite funny. One of the most memorable parts of that, I think, was in, I can't remember the the mission exactly, but it was when you ent- you come out of the mech and you go through that little room and there's lots of space pirates sort of patrolling up and down. Um, and I just remember on, on, yeah, on the way out, um, 
Ryan, uh, Infinite Zen, sorry, he uh, <laughs> he triggered one of the uh, the the space pirates. And I was like, oh, leave him behind. We don't need Metro Database. Forget him. Let's go. And it's just a great moment for me. Um, but some of the other moments from the marathon for me probably has to be when you were playing through Metro Prime and you fell asleep halfway through. Um, like you could just see it on the street. It was, it was a great moment. I think that was the that was the first uh, that was the first one. And uh, that first year we were trying so many different things. And I had just read up about this like polyphasic sleep schedule stuff that that uh was going on i was just like you know what i'm taking like a week off work for this i might as well just try to go polyphasic while i'm at it so i did not sleep properly before the marathon started and metroid prime was like one of the first games we played and i was the one playing it well because i was so sleep deprived by halfway through the game i got to fighting thardis the boss in the middle of the game and i was so tired that in the middle of the fight you the people just saw the screen reticle just sort of drift to the side (laughs) And then Nathaniel, who was, who was uh, sitting next to me again, Drevis, uh, he looks over and I'm just like, got my head tilted over with my eyes closed. He's like, Elias? I'm like, yeah. And I continue fighting Thardis. <laughs> and I beat him. <laughs> it, it was a great moment. I was watching it at the time and I was like, he, he's falling to sleep there. He's definitely going. He's yeah. gone. He's actually fell asleep. I don't believe it. That is a true Elias moment right there. <laughs> well, and then the, immediately after I beat him, you get the spider ball and then you have to use it to get out of the room. And while I was using the spider ball, you just see me going along track and then I just drop and don't move. And he looks over again and I had fallen asleep again. He's like, maybe I should take over for a while. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> It, it was certainly a good attempt. I, I can't believe that was the first one. So we're talking, that was a decade ago, is that what we're talking Yeah, about? almost a decade ago, yeah. That's, that is, the time is just flying by. That's, that's time so flies when you're having fun and getting old. You must feel very old right now. <laughs> oh, God. And the other moments, probably uh, when you reach your um, donation goals. And I think it was one of my suggestions where I had you reenact the moment between Adam and Samus on a, in other M, where uh, Adam has to go, and uh, I think it was you and Gendrevis, I believe. Uh, it sounds um, like I think you played Adam. It, it sounds like we would be the only two people <laughs> willing to do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One of, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. In my life, and it was uh, it was great. Yes, yeah, so one of the most dramatic scenes in all of Metroid reenacted. It was. Ve- it's just. It was just. It was just. It was just Gendrevis going. Don't you dare, Adam! Like I was just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they're doing this. <laughs> I was like, it was only a joke. You didn't have to do it. But they did it, and they raised a lot of money, and uh, it, it's it's gone to a, a great cause. And uh, you have my utmost respect. It's a, a fantastic uh, thing that you do, and I want to see it happen again. Hopefully this year, or you know, in the years to come. Yeah, one way, one way or the other, it'll definitely happen this year. Good, good. So we've been talking about Metroid HQ and MHQ Thon. Um, but Elias, you do a bunch of speed running and, uh, streaming outside of that. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't do a whole lot of speed running, uh, per se, but I do play a lot of, uh, the randomizer that have came, that have come out. I, I sort of got, got, uh, I sort of noticed randomizers rather, uh, with Zelda because those randomizers started coming out first uh, with A Link to the Past. And A Link to the Past was one of those games where like I had played it and it was fun, but I didn't really, you know, I wasn't really into it 
until uh, the randomizer came out and started seeing some friends play that. And then when I started playing that, I was just like, man, it would just be so cool if there was Metroid randomizers, because that would just be really cool. And then at the same time, there was a zero mission randomizer out and the Metroid Prime beta randomizer that had just come out. So I, like, I started focusing on like homebrewing my Wii and installing Dolphin and, and trying to do you know all the things to try and play it. And um, yeah, it's so fun. If anyone knows these games really well and wants to play them in a fresh way, randomizers are the perfect way to do that. Um, How does one find a randomizer? So if you go to google.com and search the word randomizer plus your favorite video game. <laughs> oh my gosh, Elias. Okay, you know what? Not everywhere is a legitimate place. In some places you will download it and it's going to be just like viruses. So that is why I'm asking. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a different place for any given randomizer, obviously. Um, each one pretty much has their own website or at the very least their own little GitHub page. Um, usually if you find one on GitHub, you know, it's, it's probably legitimate. And yeah, the, the way these sort of work is, you know, obviously they can't provide, you know, copies of the game cause you have to have those yourself. That, that would be illegal pretty much everywhere, but they, they sort of take your existing copy of the game that you have and just patch it in a certain way based on the randomizer settings you have and just shuffle like in Metroid, the items around, or in the latest Metroid Prime release, you know, elevator locations get shuffled, right? And you have to figure out where your elevator is going to take you. So, and then you have to figure out how to beat the game uh, as a result of all that. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. And yeah, to, to find them, if, if you're interested in a particular game, if you know someone who plays them, they can easily hook you up with resources. Uh, they're Like I said, they're kind of different for each game. Um, and Google will most of the time get you to the right place. But yeah, so th those are super fun, and I've been streaming those a lot uh, on Twitch, mostly Metroid these days. I've watched one of your streams when you was uh, when you was doing a randomizer of Super Metroid, and I have to say that was my very first experience of a Metroid randomizer, and I fell in love with that concept. I think that all future sort of side-scrolling games, Metroidvanias, should have an option like that, definitely. And then you followed it up with the link to the past. Yeah, I've never, I've never done it. one uh, with Super Metroid, but Zero Mission for sure. I, I, Zero I Mission, sorry, Zero Mission, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I clearly and didn't yeah, remember that, that well. <laughs> <laughs> that one's also really fun, right? Because you need Definitely. to beat the bosses, and then you need ice and plasma beam to beat the game, and then you know, like morph ball and bombs and missiles, and then like everything else is potentially skippable. So you can just sort of just know your comfort level in beating the game and get enough energy tanks to be comfortable and. And then just sort of uh, go beat it. You just don't know what's going to happen. And that's the great thing about it. You might just get um, like this amazingly powerful weapon very early and you can breeze through it. But you might have to wait a very long time before you get that key item in order to finish. And when I thought about this concept originally, I was like, well, what if you don't get those key items that you're going to need in order to progress through? What if the game like... You get locked out. Yeah. Of it. But then you explained, I think, to me at the time that um, those items are kind of, they stay there. Like they're always like guaranteed you're going you're to at least get that item or something. It's going to be completable, uh, that generated. Yeah. Seed. So yeah. The, the more mature that these randomizers get, like I say the, at the, at back at that time when I started, Metro Prime was in beta because basically item dispersal logic is what sort of defines uh, the maturity of a randomizer as well as the different modes you can play in. But like, it's basically doing your absolute best to where no matter how much you shuffle it, the game is beatable. That you can't just like lock yourself in a pit forever, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
Zero Mission, that's a little easier than Prime. Um, but yeah, like Zero Mission, like I said, you basically need Ice Beam to beat the Metroids and then Plasma Beam to beat the, the final two pirates right before you beat the game. Um, <laughs> and so Plasma Beam in particular, you can go through the entire game right up to Mecha Ridley without Plasma Beam. And uh, once you get to that point, you're just like, well, I need Plasma Beam to do the escape. And so you basically at that point, if you don't have it yet, got to go comb through all the rest of the item locations in the entire map and go look for it. <laughs> uh, basically do 100% cleanup. That, that sounds very difficult. So, because obviously I imagine you've got to make, you've got to make uh, the most of some like strats there, haven't you? I can't imagine your casual fan would be able to get through that. A casual fan could, but I would recommend uh, 100%ing the game normally before you try a randomizer because if you haven't done that yeah. you don't so know where all the items the are items yeah, yeah 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 and uh but a casual player could easily do it it obviously won't be as fast but you could just be like oh i remember an item's here and i'm right here you go there and you just suddenly once you're there realize oh wait i need power grip to get this item i have never thought about that because i've always had power grip when i've entered <laughs> this room but i don't have it right now so <laughs> i guess i'll come back <laughs> and uh, lots of fun little <laughs> things like that hmm but they are really entertaining, and, and I highly recommend you check out Elias's uh, Twitch stream uh, when he's doing one of these. Very, very fun. Um, and I, I think they should be official. I think they should be in every release after that. Like any, any new Metroid game that comes out, they should have a randomizer built in, definitely. Because it just, it just makes the whole experience fresh. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's super fun, and I know that that some games have have started like toying with that idea. At the same time, though, there are some things that uh, sort of fan randomizers do commonly that you would probably never see in an official randomizer. For example, Link to the Past. Right, you can change your sprite of Link to like any character from any game. You can play as Samus in a Link to the Past. In fact, Zero Suit Samus is what I always play as when I do a Link to the Past randomizer. So it's, uh, yeah, there, there's there's stuff like that. And you can, like, tweak the music and, and basically, you know, tweak some, some other stuff to where, yes, while I agree with you, Darren, that, that games like, you know, Metroid and stuff should start to be including randomizer options in, as playthroughs, there are also things that the fans do that are pretty fun uh, that you could probably never get away with in an official release. Of course. Well, last month we actually had Dr. M64 and we were talking about AM2R and, you know, the things that you see in that game, I would love to see in a Metroid game. Um, but those, you know, a fan concept doesn't tend to translate over too well to an official release. So maybe there's a bit of like, you know, leeway, maybe they can meet halfway, you know, and try and find an enjoyable experience using randomizers. I'm, I'm all for that. I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, what other things have you done outside of uh, Metroid headquarters then? What kind of other things do you get up to in your spare time? Uh, oh, you know, staying at home a lot, uh, eating, eating food. Specifically uh, project-wise, Elias. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know what I meant. So, uh, We're all see. staying at home right now. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I'm not, I'm not doing much that everyone else isn't doing. Um, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I, I, I did a, a season of a YouTube show a few years ago that I vainly called the Elias Thompson Show. Um, that sounds really interesting. What's that about? It's about me and myself. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> no, it was this, uh, it was this uh, little... I, I, I pitched it. I would, I would always pitch it as like a geeked theme variety show, uh, whereas this five to ten minute thing that included like 
comedic sketches and like relevant kind of nerdy news as well as like I would have guests on almost every episode and uh, you know like do you know like funny ish interviews or do some kind of an activity with them or, or something or other. And uh, we, I did end up shooting one of those uh, episodes during MHQ thon one year. Um, that was, that was a fun little thing. Um, but yeah, there, there's a whole season of that up on YouTube. Uh, people have mm-hmm. been asking me for season two for years and I've been trying to figure out a way to actually do it in uh, the current. You really should landscape. bring it back. It's a lot of work. <laughs> if if you ever watch it, you'll see that I'm basically like talking to myself a lot. I mean, I'm like splicing myself like I've on watched camera it. twice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm also a crew of one for it. So it's uh it's it's quite an endeavor. And uh, I'm I've been exploring okay, options point. for for a long time. Uh, and then around the same time as I was doing that show, I also started a Twitch show, which I think was my first foray uh, officially into Twitch. Uh, I started a, a Twitch show with uh, actually one of the, the staff members I met uh, on MHQ, Saturnot, um, called Winecraft Wednesday, because we were super into Minecraft at the time, and uh, also liked drinking wine. So we came up with this show wherein uh, we both drink and write wines while playing Minecraft, and that's been going on, uh, it's still going on to this day. Uh, we're in the middle of season four with that right now, and uh yeah, that's that's super fun if if you just like, you know, banter or if you like Minecraft or actually there's there's people who drink or, or who watch just to see like what kind of wines we have. Like we it's a it's a diverse community there <laughs> that we that, that we have. That is quite a contrast, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But it's obviously taken off and it's very popular, so it's it's yeah, I mean it's it's not like a huge show or anything, but it's it's gotten enough of a following somehow. Uh, where uh, we still like to do it for for the community there as well. Even if we go an entire off season without playing a lick of Minecraft, we'll just be like, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll go, <laughs> and we'll do it. Um, so uh, that's 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 super fun. That's over at uh, Minecraft TV Twitch channel. Well, we can we can plug them all uh, at the end of the podcast and make sure that people um, can check those out, and we'll put a link. Uh, on the podcast, uh, well, on the news article as well. So. Um, yeah, and then uh, I have also uh, dipped my toes into the Zelda website waters as well. Um, specifically, uh, in the past few years, I've been helping out Zelda Universe uh, with a bunch of stuff. Uh, because I had you know messed with Twitch early on, I knew a lot about Twitch, and now I'm now running their Twitch channel over there. Um, there's also some other people that help out with Zelda Universe. Um, no one of really significance that I can think of right now. I did hear but... something about some girl that works there. Yeah, like, I think she girl. hit a head once or something. Um... Darren, there are no girls on the internet. You're clearly misremembering something. Of course. <laughs> no, but yeah, I work with uh, Amanda over at Zelda Universe. In fact, I used to be uh, the producer for her uh, Zelda News show. Um, and yeah, we, we, have a, we have a fun time over there. Uh, we... We tend to hang out. We also do a Zelda marathon over there now that uh, I was able to bring some of my charity marathon experience to them. And uh, that happens uh, every year now as well. Very similar to MHQ-thon, but a little bit bigger because people like Zelda more than Metroid. <laughs> hey, you can't say that. You're going to insult everybody. Last for me. Hey, I'm not happy about it either, but facts are facts. <laughs> Non-believer. <laughs> I'm just going to come in with the topic about like the work that you've done with the 
Zelda marathon because I think that's quite interesting. So I'm just going to mention this. Um, I think it's really great that you're uh, raising money in a completely different community and with different fans, but with a shared goal uh, of raising lots of money for charity. Which charity have you uh, been supporting and how much have you raised so far? Um, so unlike MHQ-thon, we sort of select a charity every year um, with with a ZU-thon based off of, you know, just current circumstances. Um, so we've we've raised money for like Direct Relief, for St. Jude, um, there's probably another one that I can't think of right now, but uh, we've just—I think we've just done Saint Jude and Director Relief. We just switch back and forth between okay, the two. Okay, Amanda, it's it's at Amanda's house, so she she would know as well. Um, <laughs> oh, we should just ask Amanda. Yeah, <laughs> to say she can speak to this more than as much as I can, but um, yeah, no, it's it's also been been thousands of dollars. You know, uh, with one of our marathons, you're not going to see the numbers you see at like a GDQ or a Zeldathon right now. Um, because those have been established and and so well oiled for such a long time, but uh, we're we're still able to raise enough for these charities to where we feel like they could they could easily make a difference. And and there are some years where it's not as much as like the past year on on both of these marathons, right? And I always tell people, I was like, as long as we've raised a single dollar or even a single cent for this charity, it's been a successful marathon because that's just a little more than they didn't have before. So. Um, I, I try not to focus too much about numbers in, in finality. Uh, it's it's fun to do during the marathon because, like you sort of alluded to before, we make incentives and milestones which allow us to do more things or do more ridiculous things. But when all things are said and done, you know, however much we raised is a success as long as we raised something. And and what I like about um, gamers in general is they're, they're very, very generous. Like, I've been part of the the Metroid headquarters, Metro Marathon, and the the donations that have come through, they've been fairly substantial for an individual, I would say, and multiple donations in some cases. So it's fantastic stuff. Um, massive credit to you, massive credit to the community that's been donating. I think that's fantastic stuff. Um, and, and just keep up what you're doing, because I think it's it's great. You have all my respect for that. Um, and, and just keep it going. Um, and good luck to you for the future. All of the stuff that you've mentioned there, um, we will try and plug at the end. Um, if you've got links to those, uh, people can check you out. Oh, can we tell the story of when Elias saw the Metroid 4 trailer for the first time? You see you see how she calls it Metroid 4? She calls it like I, like I was watching a Metroid Fusion trailer. Unbelievable. These kids these days. <laughs> so, so, so Metroid Master 1914, tell us about what your, your reaction was when you saw the Prime 4 trailer. Well, it's funny that, that you would bring this up, considering that Amanda was sitting directly next to me when I saw this at an E3. But well, um, we were, The funny thing about it is we were trolling the whole time. Every time like a trailer would sh- show up, we would all yell, it's Metroid! And then all of a sudden it actually was Metroid. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny when you guys were doing that, let me tell you. Um, but uh yeah uh <laughs> no i i had i had i had heard things on the grapevine that we might be getting something metroid that year and so i was a little more hopeful than normal most most years i i you know when you're when you're a metroid fan and looking at stuff like e3 reveals you you just expect disappointment so that you can be pleasantly surprised at this point but uh i was a little more hopeful th- uh, that year in particular and uh yeah, it was, you know, anyone who's seen the, the teaser trailer knows it's like, it's barely, it's barely anything, the actual teaser trailer itself. But 
because of the way they sort of revealed it where it was just space and it's the nebula slowly forms into the the screw attack symbol um me being the only you know one in the room who had played as much metroid as i had i picked up on it before anyone else knew what the heck was going on in that trailer as the as the gases started to sort of form the symbol and i just they just saw me started like like freaking out like i'm not a guy who shows a lot of emotion but i sure did uh whenever that happened and it caught so many people off guard because they didn't know what it was until a few seconds later and they just saw me freaking out and uh yeah if you've ever seen the uh let me put it this way. If you've ever seen the video of the Nintendo World store in New York, the footage of that whenever the, the Metro Prime 4 trailer was released, there's a video on YouTube of everyone reacting to that. I was basically reacting in the way of all of those people put together. So, um, and then a few minutes later, when, every, when the Treehouse Live started, people were like, well, it's time to head to E3. And I see them start off with Samus Returns, another new reveal. I'm just like, yeah, you guys go to E3. I'm going to sit here and watch this for a few hours. You were frozen. You <laughs> I was still in my pajamas. Like I was just like right glued to the, the television. Yeah. So yeah. that was... Uh, that was a, f- a, a pleasant uh, reveal day for me. That was a funny three year, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and it wasn't necessarily the contents of the trailer. It was what it represented. It was what something, had, you know, people had been talking about wanting Metro Prime 4 for years. And then we finally get confirmation of it. And it's like, wow. Yeah. This is, this is amazing. And after so long without any Metroid stuff... I uh, I freaked out too, Elias. I will not lie. I uh, I was in tears afterwards. Yeah. Well, I was. I would to take it even back further. The E3 2010, I think, was it? I or maybe 2009 when they did the other M reveal too. I equally freaked out at that because that that was sort of that was the same sort of build up with the trailer to basically where you if you're a Metroid fan you know it's Metroid earlier than everyone else. Any objections, lady? Isn't it? That's that was it. Yeah, (laughs) and I was sitting next to my brother in in our family home, and he just sees me start freaking out, and he just is looking over so confused. And when he finally (laughs) saw the logo, he was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, uh, that makes sense." I remember I jumped up in the air because I, I, I thought it was some kind of Final Fantasy. I thought it might have been like Star Fox, but there were too many humans around. Like I wasn't like sure what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> but but then I saw and I, I wasn't I didn't really catch Adam at first, and then there was this just this point where he said, "Any objections, lady?" And then immediately I was like, "It was disbelief at first. I was like, There's no way they've done this. Absolutely no way that they would ever do anything like this." And then they did it, and then you see Samus, and I was I was shaking, I I, I uncontrollably, and I called my friend. And I was like, ah, d- d- uh, yeah, I, I couldn't get words out, legitimately could not get a word out, and I was so excited for it, and and nothing has ever matched that since. So regardless of what people say about Overrun, that <laughs> moment for me was incredible. It was so so good. It probably prompted me to want to put together Shine Sparkers actually. I'm about to say it was after that that you started emailing all of us be like, "Hey, I'm putting together a Metroid website." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that every other site actually contacted me about that and then you just sort of ignored the email. Uh but we won't go into that. That's a whole different podcast that one. Uh, I'm pretty sure we've talked yeah, it about was, it uh, several it was, times it was, before. <laughs> We have several times before, yes. Um. <laughs> so, with 
the new Metroid coming out at some point in the future, what locations would you like to see Samus return to in future Metroid games? Um, well, it's... The uh, answer's a little different for if we're talking about Prime 4 or, like, in some miracle land, uh, you know, future Metroid games like After Fusion or something. Because After Fusion... Not a lot of planets left. Uh, <laughs> all, all these space stations have been blown up. Zebus uh, SR-388 apparently is all gone. Um, but Prime 4, a lot of those still exist. Um, and so Prime 4 specifically, I think it'd be really cool to see like a section of Zebus in 3D to see how that translates. Or basically a, a 3D version of any 2D exclusive planet that we've seen before, I think would be cool. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, we did get to see SR388 in 3D. That was that was 3ish D. But you you're talking prime style yeah, 3D. Pr- yeah, like yeah, like f- in first person I suppose or in in non non side scrolling 3D. Well, before they announced Samus Returns, I thought that any eventual Prime 4 should have some DLC that maybe reenacts a classic boss battle and then we could see I don't know, the Queen Metroid fight in 3D first person. Just imagine how awesome that would be, fighting this giant Queen Metroid in such a cramped room. You don't have much room to dodge, and she's a difficult boss. That would be really cool. Maybe something on the the sort of cutscene for Mother M where Samus is fighting Mother Brain, that kind of style. Yeah, except you actually get to Mm. fight the boss. So I think I'd really like to see Samus return to her home planet of K2L. Um, oh. Maybe she can go back. She's feeling a bit nostalgic. Um, she wants to go back and get some, I don't know, motivation or um, answers to stuff. Um, that kind of, I think that'd be really cool to, to learn a little bit more about Samus's backstory. Maybe there could be a flashback and it will show the destruction that happened there. The loss of her parents, that kind of thing. Um, and maybe there can be some kind of activity on that planet. Like maybe there's a, uh, some kind of hostility going on, um, and she can try and jump in and sort of work on that and fix that, um, before flying off again with some kind of renewed purpose. I think that would be kind of cool. Give an opportunity to, um, reference something that hasn't been shown in the games, uh, but is very important to Samus's backstory. So that's kind of what I would like to see in a, in a future game. That's a good idea, because Other M really should have been the game that showed off um, the death of Samus's parents, but it was focusing on her time in the military, so it only touched on that for a brief moment. But yeah, I think that K2L um, should be revisited. It could be this, you know, don't have the monologues in Other M, but just have shots of Samus's eyes looking clearly sorrowed um, and show her emotions through her body language and uh, facial expressions would be very touching and powerful. Mm-hmm. What about you, Amanda? What would you like to see? I would just like to see some of the 2d versions like come to life in 3d so i think meridia would look really pretty in 3d i know it's a pain in the butt to go through but i think just visually it would be really neat to see 
I think um, if you want to see something similar to that, Sam Dillard did a incredible animation of Meridia um, to complement his track that he worked on. Uh, in, I think it's Beyond the Glass, it's called. It's a great little thing. <laughs> I highly recommend that. Except for Torvis Bog. Let us never speak of such a place. <laughs> Water levels are always really hard, but they're so pretty. And so I'd love to yes. see it like in 3D. Yeah, definitely. So, Elias, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, where can people find you if they want to see you on Twitch or if they want to follow you on Twitter or if they want to download that lovely image of you or buy T-shirts with your face on them? Yeah, uh, pretty much any any place that, that, that Amanda mentioned, Twitch, Twitter, uh, Streamlabs, merch store, uh, can be at Elias Thompson and not at Metroid Master 1914. Uh, that's where I'm active on social media. That's where I do my streaming. Uh, that's not on the, the other stuff I mentioned. Metroid HQ also has its Twitch channel that it does its marathon every year, which is uh, Metroid HQ uh, over at Twitch.tv. And then likewise, the Zelda Universe also does uh, their marathon there as well as they do stuff all year round, uh, Zelda Universe TV. And then Minecraft Wednesdays, which I talked about, um, airs uh, every Wednesday night with Minecraft Wednesday over at Minecraft TV on Twitch. So lots of stuff on Twitch. Uh, and uh, you can find me in pretty much all those places. Excellent. I will just add as well really quickly uh, that we did a community spotlight on you as well, Elias, um, a little while ago. And if you want to learn a little bit more about Elias and there's some links on there you can follow uh, to connect with him and check out his content. Uh, and thank you very much for doing that with us, Elias. That was uh, really great. And thank you for joining us today. I can't say no to you, Darren. <laughs> he can say no to me, though. Yeah, no, that's easy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure to visit our website, shinesparkers.net, and we will see you next mission. See you next mission. See you next mission. See you next mission. And then I'll count down and we'll do the clap. And three, two, one. Let's do that one more time. Three, two, one. I think we had it the first time. Who else do I have joining me? Who goes first at this point, Amanda? Because is it me? Because I run the site? Yeah, so Darren, you're next. Okay, so... I should probably say that I'm Darren then. Yes. Okay, I'm going to do that then. I'm going to do it now. <clears throat> Hello, I'm Darren. I am the uh, managing director. Is that what our role is now? Because I changed the roles recently, didn't I? Let me just look these new roles up and just see what my role is on the website. Because I don't even know anymore. Who am I, Amanda? I haven't got a clue. Um... But you were the creative director, and I'm the deputy. creative director. That's the one I completely forgot. Okay, Here. creative director. Uh, we'll we'll give that another go. <clears throat> hey, right, so well, just... my name's. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say. Okay. Hey there, my name's Darren. I'm the creative director of Shine Sparkers, and I'm glad to be here. Hi, I'm Roy, the deputy creative director of Shine Sparkers, and I'm also glad to be here. And I am glad you are both here. Aww. <laughs> Friendship is magic. The real Metroid was the friends we made along the way. I, I don't think that I'm glad to be here works, though. Because I'm not really glad to be here. You know, I'm just, just doing it because I have to at Darren, this point. But, Darren, 
This is going in the blooper reels, so careful. It's not going in the bloopers reel. There's no blooper reel. Okay, okay, totally off topic, but I have to share this because it's just really funny and it's going to take like 15 seconds to share it. So when you say that about like glad to be here, when I was in elementary school, we had to sing the stupid good morning song in music class every day. And I hated that class with a fiery passion because my teacher was weird. And so like the last line was, I love music. I'm so glad I'm here today. Well, I lip synced that because I always felt really bad if I actually sang it. (laughs) Because I was like, that's a lie. I can't lie. Hey, my name's Darren. I'm the creative director of Shine Sparkers. And um, no, I don't know what else to say. I'm sorry. I've got no idea apart from I'm glad to be here. That's just stuck in my head now. He's a Twitch streamer and just an overall internet meme at this point. Yes. Yes, I am. It's it's glad to be here, even though, uh, or I'm glad to be here, excuse me. But it's also good to be here. See, I combine those two. I'm totally calling you Metroid Master from now on, Elias. You will try. I will. But if you do that, Amanda, I'm going to go look up all of your old usernames and then call you oh! exclusively by them. What, what did Amanda used to be called? This, <laughs> you don't this need to I know. <laughs> We're going to find some old live journal account that she had <laughs> full of Ash and Misty fan fiction. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, wait till you see the fanfic.net account. <laughs> we Metroid fans have to be twice as vocal as zelda fans to get half of what they have good luck being more vocal than a zelda fan <laughs> you could be a smash brothers fan or a pokemon fan it's accurate that isn't oh. going in the podcast by the way i don't oh, know no. it, it, don't insult <laughs> half the nintendo fan community no we're gonna <laughs> note for editor please include darren's comments about pokemon communities no. <laughs> well everyone thank you so much for joining us today what are we oh yeah we're shine sparkers <laughs> we are shine sparkers i'm glad you remembered i had to think of like wait i'm not doing a zelda thing right now okay <laughs> i have to remember what i'm recording thanks and- for tuning into the mhq podcast everyone uh- <laughs> and that's a that's a wrap This podcast was edited by Stefan Wells, with music by Maserati. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider checking out our social media pages on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For the latest Metroid news, community features, and exclusive content, check out the website at shinesparkers.net. See you next mission.